0: it's important that we ask women. Sometimes women want to do it, Mm -hmm. but they're not sure if they'd be welcome.
1: From the Texas Veterinary Medical Association in Austin, Texas, this is Veterinary Vitals, a show that features open and honest conversations with veterinary professionals. I'm your host, Dina Goldstein, media coordinator for TVMA. We just got back from our annual conference in San Marcos, and I want to tell you a few highlights. The first was the two alpacas named Willie and Waylon at the Infantech booth. In case you missed them, visit our Instagram or Facebook page to see a picture of those fluffy, super cute animals. The next was our new president, Dr. John Bruker, had a circus-themed celebration complete with hula hoop dancers and jazz music, and costumes. I was a lion and it was super fun. But the moment that stands out to me took place at the awards and installation banquet. When the American Veterinary Medical Association president installed the new executive committee members, I noticed something on stage. There were more women than men on the committee. This is a historical moment for TVMA. It's the first in its history. And this is what it means. It finally represents the shifting demographics of the profession from one comprised mostly of men to one that is majority women. This is a long time coming because the beginning of this shift on a national scale took place more than 30 years ago. In 1986, there was finally an equal number of male and female students in veterinary schools in the U.S. Prior to that, there were more men. And this is according to the Association of American Veterinary Medical Colleges. To zoom in on Texas, it wasn't until 1971 that women were officially admitted on an equal basis into Texas A&M University College of Veterinary Medicine. Not only did the student body eventually comprise an equal number of men and women at some point, but women began to surpass men. In the 2017 class, of the 158 students admitted, 81% are female. The reason for this is multifactorial, and this could probably be a whole other episode. But the one thing that hasn't grown as quickly is the number of female veterinarians in leadership roles in organized veterinary medicine. Just one-third of the board of directors is made up of women. You have to ask yourself, why is that? Well, it's very difficult to answer. The trend is complex, and there's a lot to factor in. In this episode, Drs. Lori Teller and Nancy Turner begin unpacking this trend. But first, I thought it would be important to define what organized veterinary medicine is before we delve into female veterinarians' involvement in this field. Both Dr. Teller and Turner hold or have held leadership positions at TVMA. First, here's Dr. Lori Teller.
0: Organized veterinary medicine is when members of the veterinary profession come together for some reason. So in this case, we're here for the Texas Veterinary Medical Association, which is made up of veterinarians from across the state uh, for a common cause. Uh, several things that TVMA does for us, advocacy, continuing education, membership benefits, networking events, all of those things. And this is an organization that can bring people across practice types and even different areas of the profession that may not involve practice. Uh, There are certainly other organizations in veterinary medicines that may be based on specialty type or species type, or that are local or national, but that's the basis behind it.
1: Okay, and then can you both tell me your involvement in organized veterinary medicine?
0: Okay, I'll go first. So I started at the local level, worked my way up through our local VMA, which was Harris County, uh, which is the largest VMA in the state of Texas. And uh, then actually got dragged kicking and screaming onto the Texas VMA Board of Directors. Uh, But once I got here, I fell in love with it and really, really enjoyed my time on the board of directors and moved on up to the executive committee and worked my way up and became president of TVMA. And uh, when I rolled off the TVMA board of directors, I went on to represent Texas in the AVMA's House of Delegates and then finally uh, ended up where I am now, which is on the AVMA board of directors.
2: Dr. Turner. I started as a student rep on the board of directors uh, for TBMA and then became the Dallas uh, district director and have moved on from the district director spot to the executive committee, which is where I'm currently serving.
1: Dr. Turner recently stepped down from her leadership post to tend to other priorities.
2: Um, Along the way, I kind of uh, sprinkled some time in uh, at the AVMA on the Council on Veterinary Services and a few other AVMA-related task forces or focus groups, I guess you'd call them, and some other TVMA working group type things too. So um, there's a lot of ways to plug in um, that are outside, I would say, the, oh, sure. the structure, mm-hmm. this massive structure governance structure yeah. um, that I think I actually enjoy a lot. Um, those little task force yes. groups. Yes,
0: oh, definitely. I mean, I served on several committees at all three levels and task force and working groups. And I really think that's that's the heart of the organization is the being the person at that level because mm-hmm. you're really, you're doing the work, you are providing valuable information that other people may not have. And that's what helps shapes the policies and the actions that the organization takes. And that's really, really where you get to meet a lot of tremendous people in our profession is at that level
1: just like yourselves
0: oh well of course (laughs) (laughs) um
1: so while the majority of the profession most of the profession is comprised of women um, why is it that leadership doesn't reflect that
2: that's the million dollar question yeah kind of i well, Lori, I'll, I'll let you start. Oh, gee, thanks, Nancy. <laughs> um, well, I think, states, <laughs> sure,
0: thanks. Uh, I think there are a lot of reasons for it. Sure, um, thanks. I think there are a lot of reasons for it. One, just overall, as a profession, we, we tend to be very polite to each other. So, whether you're male or female, you wait for the person ahead of you to, to move on up. And so, we, we wait in line and take our turns. Um, so, I think that's one of the reasons. I I think some of the differences are is that women want to know that they're going to be really, really good at something before they volunteer to do it. Mm. Uh, And men, and and part of it's the way we're raised, men are taught to be a little more more willing to take chances.
2: On the fly. On
0: the fly, right. And so they'll just leap in, even if maybe they only have 25% of the skills at the time, and then they learn on the job. Uh, So I think some of it's just cultural uh, training, Mm -hmm. how we're raised. Uh, I think some of it is women who are working and trying to volunteer. The organization still isn't shaped culturally in a way to provide for what we may need. Uh, Previously, Nancy brought up having a place to breastfeed if you had a nursing baby.
1: TBMA became aware of this need and started offering a room for new mothers at our conferences beginning in 2015.
0: Uh, but even as you get older and your children are school age or even more independent, there's still a lot more on our plates to take care of at home in general and I don't want to lump everybody together. But there are certainly women in our profession who have a, men at home who are the primary caregivers. Um, But in general, it's still women. And so when I leave to come to a meeting, not only do I have to make sure everything at work is taken care of and situated, but I have to make sure that my child has arrangements to get to and from school and to get to and from his activities and that the refrigerator is stocked and that there's food ready to go and that the pets are going to be taken care of and whatever else, the other things that the person who runs the household is in charge of doing, which in our case is still women. Uh, Whereas if my husband was going out of town for a meeting, he'd say, bye, I'm leaving. (laughs) His stuff was taken care of at work, and he packed a suitcase and he left, and he didn't Mm -hmm. have to worry about the child care issues and the pet care issues and making sure there was food for us in the refrigerator.
2: I I agree with the, especially the the topic or the, the point that... A lot of stru- organized veterinary medicine is not structured. Uh, it's not that it's so much structured; it's just that the opportunities for women who are looking to get involved but aren't quite sure uh, how to do that just yet um, are—it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think the only thing—the only thing you can do for organized veterinary medicine is serve on the board of directors, and that's a three-year term, and you're like, I don't know if I can commit mm-hmm. to three years because. Mm-hmm. I have a two-year-old and that's a long time. He'll be five and, you know, things right. like that. And I think that we're still trying to figure out how to allow people to dip their foot in the water, realize they can do it, uh, and then allow them to grow into that position to do more. Agreed. And... I I do. It's just logistically, physically harder Mm -hmm. if you are carrying a small baby around with you um, at these meetings. And it's just, I won't, it's physically harder when you are attempting to provide food for a small infant and yourself and go to meetings. So it's, um, it's just hard. And I think people are scared that they aren't going to do it well. So they just don't try to do it because we're all perfectionists a little bit and to dr teller's point we want to make sure we're going to be able to do it well instead of just showing take the up. chance right
0: and i would also say that it's important that we ask women sometimes women want to do it mm-hmm. but they're not sure if they'd be welcome or mm. how to do it as nancy said and sometimes it's something as simple as Reaching out and asking. And so, when we're considering positions on committees and positions on the board of directors, we need to reach out and just ask and say, Hey, this position has come open. We think that you're the perfect fit for it, or that you would be great in it and grow into this, and maybe even move on. And we'd really like you to consider it. And sometimes that's all it takes is somebody who knows you reaching out and asking.
1: And that happened to you, Dr. Teller, it sounded like. Uh,
0: Yes, um, it did. So I was, as I said, active in my local VMA. And the last couple of years uh, in my local VMA at the time were pretty rough um, from both a leadership and a personal perspective. And so when I finished that, I was like, okay, I've done this. I'm going to move on and do something else but I don't really want to be in organized veterinary medicine anymore. And then our Harris County district director was appointed to the Texas veterinary medical board of examiners okay. and he had to resign his position on the TVMA board because that would be conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. And so the current president of the Harris County VMA called me and asked me if I would step in and fill the remainder of that term, which was just one year. And I said, no, <laughs> um, so I, they, did, they did actually reach out and ask, and I said no. Uh, but about the time he reached out seven or eight times and had some of my friends call me and ask me, I, it was easier to cave and say yes. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did. Uh, but I would say thereafter, um, if somebody asked me, I said yes. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage women. Um, we spend a lot of time telling people just say no. Uh, because they feel like they're overwhelmed. But sometimes the appropriate answer is yes, is to say yes.
2: So to to Lori's point, um, Dr. Mark Cox, I like to blame him for me mm-hmm. as well, uh, if anyone is annoyed that I'm still hanging out with the TVMA. It's probably a lot of Dr. Cox, too, because he just kept coming to me and asking me to help do things.
1: Dr. Mark Cox was the 2000 TVMA president. He is a solo practice owner who lives in El Paso. He actually started the leadership committee in 1997. I saw him at our annual conference and had the opportunity to ask him why he asked Dr. Turner to take on a leadership role he said it was easy to recognize her talent and motivation.
2: Hey, Nancy, will you come sit on this committee, I think they'd like to have your perspective. And I'm like, okay, I'll show up. I don't know who these people are, but (laughs) I have no problem sharing my opinion. Um, And that's just, so to Lori's point, saying yes. It opens so many doors. Mm -hmm. And you have to be asked. Yes. And you have to be willing to say. Yes. So those are the, obviously the two big things. And I think t- technology is going to make it a lot easier mm-hmm. for um, everyone, really, to be involved in the process simply because you'll be able to go to meetings, quote unquote, go, um, virtually. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to have input and see and do and just communicate as well as if you were in the room. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be huge. So that's something else that I know TVMA is working on utilizing just so we can get all those people from across the giant state of Texas to have the opportunity to be involved. Yeah.
1: And do you two find yourselves inviting um, other women to join?
0: I invite both because I can I can think of several pretty amazing men as well as women to invite to participate. Um, I mean, the idea, right, is to determine what does this committee or board or whatever need, what skill set is missing, um, and identify the person that has those qualities. And if it's male if it's a male or a female, that's great.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I, I think to me that's the most important thing. Uh, but I will certainly pay attention to the skill set I'm looking for and is there balance in that entity with males and females, right? If it's a completely female dominated dominated committee. I may say, you know, let's see if we can find a guy that can fill that spot. Uh, But if it's a more male-dominated entity, then I may first identify the skill set, but I may look for a female before I look for a male.
1: And in terms of your leadership positions, um, do you have a specific story about something you've done or seen that stood out to you as special, significant, or important, specifically regarding women? Have you seen something that has been accomplished?
2: Well, just this current class of of Power of Mm Ten is all female.
1: The Power of Ten is a TVMA initiative designed to cultivate leadership capacity in 10 recent graduates.
2: And I walked in to that room and saw all those awesome female veterinarians
1: Dr Turner saw that P10 class at the Southwest Veterinary Symposium in San Antonio back in
2: September 2019. And I just was like this is great. <laughs> you know, I felt like a little bit like I was in some sort of sorority or something, you know? That's and right. I was like is this a lock-in? Am I in high school? Are we going to I don't know do a cheer? Are we going to all, you know, eat cookie dough together? I don't I mean that's <laughs> so, you know, cookie dough. <laughs> really was, um, and that just happened just yesterday or today or whenever we were taught first talked yesterday. Um, and I just thought that was so cool mm-hmm. and it really is something. And I've experienced that kind of community on, on Facebook, mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah. where we have our Facebook groups that are, you know, moms in the trenches or those types of groups. And it's amazing the support that you get from mm-hmm. that interaction it's critical, I feel like, to everyone. I mean, everyone needs that fellowship and connection. No man is an island, if you will. Um, and I think that's really important for us to remember is that that fellowship and community is, is a huge part of organized veterinary medicine. Um, but I got, I got a lot of fellowship. My fellowship tank was full when I was with those women. Mm-hmm. It was so fun, so awesome, and just a really cool thing to see. It was, it was fun. It was, it was invigorating, if you will.
1: And in case someone doesn't know what the Power of 10 program is, could one of you, want you tell us about
0: it? Uh,
2: so the Power of 10 is a, um, a program that the TVMA, um, it's a national program um, that the TVMA has adopted where we select, it's an application process where we select 10 um, recent graduates to go through a leadership development type program, so there's a lot of different um, workshops that they do, and they get exposed to the TVMA structure and um, how to be involved in organized veterinary medicine, and they get exposure to current leaders, and you know, a lot of it is mediation and workshop skills and how to communicate more effectively and things like that. So it's an awesome program. If you're a recent graduate, um, it's super great. Send us your application and that's the P10.
1: You can learn more about the power of 10 program by visiting our website, tvma.org. Those who are eligible this coming year are those who have graduated from a college of veterinary medicine with a DVM degree in the years 2014 to 2020. And that sounds like a concrete way, specifically with this class, for women to get involved in Organized med- Veterinary Medicine and take on leadership roles, like they're providing the concrete skills necessary to become effective leaders.
2: Absolutely. And the other thing I think it does is just gives, pe- gives people the confidence that they can do it. Oh, yeah. Y-
0: you know? And, and some of our previous Power 10 people have gone, now they're on the foundation mm-hmm. um, as trustees or they're involved in committees. Uh, one of them is actually leading this year's class. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the vice chair, I think, mm-hmm. leading the power of 10. So it's, there's some real growth opportunities there.
2: The current uh, found Texas Veterinary Medical Foundation oh, uh, that's president, right. Chad Harris, really? is a previous power of 10 our first class, I yeah. think. First class at P10. Yeah.
1: Dr. Chad Harris is a leader on a daily basis as he serves as the chief of staff at North Austin Animal Hospital. Something cool about Dr. Harris is he performs surgery on fish.
2: We have some board of directors members that are previous P-tenners. So it really does, it's a great program because not only does it give you those skills and the confidence, but it also exposes you and how you can be involved. So it's a cool, it's a cool gig. It is.
1: And is there any advice you'd like to share with female veterinarians? It sounds like the main takeaway was... Um, for someone to invite someone to get involved and to say yes. Um, anything else you didn't feel like you get, you got to touch on?
0: I would just say reach out. Um, certainly identify your mentors, and sometimes those mentors and role models will be female. Sometimes they will be the quote-unquote older white guy, um, and some of those older white guys can be amazing mentors. I certainly had plenty in my life. Dan Posey.
1: Dr. Dan Posey was the 2017 TVMA president. He currently serves as the clinical professor and academic coordinator for the Texas A&M Veterinary Medical Center at West Texas A&M University in Canyon, Texas. As academic coordinator, he advises, mentors, and teaches undergraduate pre-veterinary students. When I interviewed Dr. Posey for his feature article back in 2017, he said, quote, it's important as a leader to elevate the people around you. That's exactly what he does as a mentor to so many veterinarians. Awesome. I
2: love Dr. Posey.
0: Uh, Dan Posey is awesome. And I'll, I'll even give a shout out to Mark Cox, yes, who, uh, yeah, like who, said, who Mark got Cox. Nancy involved and, and was one of my <laughs> original mentors in Roland Leonard Doozy.
1: Dr. Roland Leonard Doozy was the 2005 TVMA president.
0: Ugh. Yeah, so so certainly. And then, I mean, Bonnie Beaver, who's yeah. a past TVMA president.
1: Dr. Bonnie Beaver was the 1994 TVMA president and a charter diplomat of the American College of Veterinary Behaviorists. She's a board-certified animal behaviorist and a champion of animal welfare.
0: Um, another amazing role model and what have you. So I encourage... If you're not quite sure if you're ready to jump in, but identify somebody that you can talk to who maybe could mentor you or help coach you so that you can feel more comfortable in those
2: roles. And I would just say, yeah, don't believe the voice in your head that says you can't do it. Absolutely. It's a, it's a lie.
0: Listen to the voice on the other shoulder that says, go, 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 you go girl. Yeah, exactly.
2: I love it. <laughs>
1: That was Drs. Lori Teller and Nancy Turner shedding light on female leadership in organized veterinary medicine. To sum up their advice, ask your colleagues to take on a leadership role, and if you're the one who's asked, say yes. On the next episode of Veterinary Vitals, I bring on one of the podcast hosts of My Veterinary Life, the podcast of the American Veterinary Medical Association. Her name is Dr. Marcy Kirk. And I was like, if I just had someone in my ear that understood what I was going through. And so I was part of, you know, I I find comfort in podcasts. I listen to a lot of them um, because it's people who have shared interests. Tune into the next episode to learn more about how Dr. Marcy Kirk became a podcast host and how she and her colleague built the AVMA podcast from the ground up. In the meantime, you can find the My Veterinary Life podcast wherever you get your podcasts. For now, please subscribe, rate the show, and write a review. That will help grow our listenership and reach more veterinary professionals. Thank you for tuning in to Veterinary Vitals. I'm your host, Dina Goldstein from TBMA.